Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters Podcast, a series of candid conversations with leading experts about how individuals and organizations can grow and protect their finances, tailored around current events and trends. Here's your host for today's podcast, Brian Peterangelo. Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters Weekly Podcast, where we casually ramble on about important topics, including the markets, the economy, human ingenuity, and almost anything under the sun, giving you the keys to unlock the mysteries of the markets and investing. Today is Friday, November 4th, 2022. I'm Brian Peterangelo, and remember to turn your clocks back this weekend for daylight savings time. And I know some investors would like to turn the clock back all the way to last year based on the difficult markets we've experienced thus far in 2022. With me today, I'd like to introduce our panel of investing experts here to provide their insights on this week's market activity. George Mateo, Chief Investment Officer. Steve Haight, Head of Equities. Rajiv Sharma, Head of Fixed Income and Cindy Honcharenko, Senior Fixed Income Portfolio Manager. As a reminder, a lot of great content is available on key.com slash wealth insights, including updates from our Wealth Institute on many different subjects, and especially our Key Questions article series addressing a relevant topic for investors each Wednesday. In addition, if you have any questions or need more information, please reach out to your financial advisor. For this week's economic news, the week was dominated by two topics, the Federal Reserve meeting in the middle of the week and a number of reports related to the jobs and the employment market. On Wednesday, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 75 basis points for the fourth consecutive meeting, and we will certainly dig into the details and reactions from our panel this morning during the podcast. On the jobs front, job openings actually increased to 10.7 million for September above the previous month in August. Initial unemployment claims remain steady, again indicating the robust nature of the jobs market. Small businesses mentioned that labor quality and the shortage of labor remains a big challenge. And finally, just this morning, the monthly employment report was released showing new non-farm payrolls of 261,000 for October and the unemployment rate ticked up slightly to 3.7%, continuing to show stability and strength in the labor market. So let's turn to our panel to interpret this information and let's start with Cindy for a recap of the Fed meeting, your thoughts, and then we'll get reactions from the rest of the panel. Cindy? Yeah, Brian. So the the main takeaways from the FOMC meeting and the following press conference with Powell, they hiked 75 basis points, that was expected. Uh, They signaled the pace of hikes may slow but they emphasize that more tightening lies ahead. Uh, The FOMC communications uh, had a bias for overall higher rates, especially at the UST front end. Powell's preference was to err on over-tightening and upside risks the terminal rate uh, caused uh, the USD to be bullish. The uh, first two paragraphs of the FOMC statement remained unchanged as expected. The Fed made notable changes in the third paragraph, which touched on the cumulative tightening of monetary policy and lagged effects. In addition to the decision to raise the target range for the federal funds rate to 75 basis points, the statement now says that the committee desires a monetary policy stance that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time. In my view, the changes to the FOMC statement are consistent with a step down in the pace of rate hikes at the December meeting. And that seems to be the expectation uh, with economists and Fed watchers as well. 
Uh, the statement emphasized that the Fed desires a restrictive policy stance, which will be based on cumulative policy rate hikes as opposed to the pace of rate hikes. In other words, it's more about the destination, which is AKA the terminal rate, and less about the journey, which is the pace at which the Fed gets there. Meanwhile, in the press conference, Chair Powell said that the committee was trying to balance three questions, how fast should uh, rates rise, how high should rates go, and how long should the rates stay elevated? In answering those questions, he said the committee had moved expeditiously so far, and four consecutive 75 basis point rate hikes signified the Fed's desire to catch up to the inflation impulse. Looking ahead, he said the goal was to get monetary policy sufficiently restrictive, and there was still some ground to cover in terms of getting to the terminal rate. Right now, the Fed see, still sees the risk of tightening too little as outweighing the risk of doing too much. That's a great summary, Cindy. And I think it's um, important to kind of emphasize what you said about the destination, not so much the journey or the pace. I mean, I think we can certainly kind of um, take note of the fact that when he came out on the uh, on the dais and started talking, I think the first thing he said was, look, we're going to try and do everything we can to get inflation under control. I mean, he really didn't mince words. He kind of kind of I think Powell kind of came out guns ablazing, so to speak, to really show that he's got the the chops to try and get inflation down as he sees it by uh, by really getting aggressive with interest rates. But at the same time, they offered a bit of a, of a silver lining there in the sense that while they did take up their maybe idea of where or how high rates can go, they kind of suggest that maybe they're not going to be moving as fast uh, as they have in the past, which may be some welcome news, I guess, uh, within that message. You know, meanwhile, it seems like the job market, though, continues to be pretty strong. We haven't really seen many, many cracks there. Um, this morning, as Brian noted, there's some 260,000 jobs that were added last month, which is a good bit above consensus. It is slowing, though. You know, I think a year ago or so, that number was in the 500,000 range, and now we're about half that. So, it, again, it's still um, a pretty good job market by all accounts, but moderate to some extent. Um, and I guess if we kind of look at kind of how this might play out, the unemployment rate did uh, rise a little bit. Typically, unemployment rates are, are preceded by higher continuing jobless claims, um, continuing jobless claims, and then preceded by initial jobless claims. And those have inched up a little bit, uh, but really we want to probably see, or maybe the Fed wants to see, I should say, uh, changes with layoffs. And those are actually, I was kind of surprised to see this, Rajiv, but layoffs are actually up 48% year over year. That's starting at a really low base. But, you know, you start to see some cracks there. Some big, no, uh, well-known tech companies have talked about slowing hiring. People have actually talked about even uh, job eliminations, unfortunately, and not to be, you know, taking comfort or, or joy in the fact that people are losing jobs. But it seems to be that that's kind of what the Fed wants um, in terms of actually trying to take some of the pressure off the labor market. And, of course, we saw, uh, again, further evidence of that this morning in the sense that the two stronger sectors of the economy thus far have been technology uh, and warehouse jobs, and those actually kind of stalled out a little bit. Uh, if not rolled over. So I'm not sure, Rajiv, if you think this is a fair way to look at it, but it does suggest to me that the Fed probably wants to see some uh, weakness in the labor market, and they almost, again, probably want to see a recession. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Uh, I think it is, George. I think your point is very well taken. I think that uh, the Fed does want to see a slowdown. The Fed does want to see unemployment rates uh, start to tick up. Uh, we do see companies right now thinking about recession. They're thinking they're anticipating it. They're kind of being preemptive. Sometimes you can see some of those uh, layoffs that you're talking about have been kind of preemptive as well. And I think that uh, Fed Chair Powell was pretty clear in his messaging. Uh, you know, the statement came out, the market rallied at the statement that, okay, the Fed is considering that maybe there will be a pause. But I think Fed Chair Powell did exactly what he was supposed to do. 
in the Q&A and came out and pretty much reeled the market back in, made a statement loud and clear that the Fed pivot is off the table uh, for now. Uh, the Fed remains committed to raising rates to combat inflation, to slow down the economy. They want to see those numbers start to tick up, the unemployment numbers start to tick up. They want to see that their 375 basis points of rate hikes uh, has to somehow hit the market and uh, and start to make the market start to feel the pain a little bit. You know, traders right now, they're looking at the message. They're looking at Powell's message loud and clear. Uh, traders right now are not really focused on the December meeting anymore. I mean, we're all anticipating 50 basis points in December, but that's not the focus anymore. Now, as Cindy mentioned, the focus is the ultimate rate level and how quickly we get there. You know, you raised 375 basis points this year. The Fed is still looking for that break in inflation. They're still looking for slower growth. They're still looking for those layoffs that you mentioned, George. Uh, in the process, we've seen the twos tens curve narrow about 100, 150 basis points this year. So now we have an inversion right now of the twos tens curve around 60 basis points. And we've talked a lot about the three month 10 year curve. And I know the Fed is very focused on that as well. That is inverted right now by a basis point. So again, a strong signal that recession is imminent. Uh, the question really has moved from how high the next Fed rate will be to more along the lines of how long will the Fed stay there at that Fed policy rate. And my three takeaways from the Fed meeting uh, to kind of complement Cindy's comments was that one, uh, the Fed could step down to a slower pace in December, even if inflation doesn't really improve much. Two, if there has been any new estimates of the terminal Fed fund rates released today, they would have moved up. And that was a very big point. We had the uh, September summary of economic projections. I believe the way the Fed is positioning themselves right now, that if they were to do that summary of economic projections today, they would be even higher. And three, that nobody's ready to talk about a pause rate. The thing that really came home to me when I saw the both the write-up and the reaction afterwards was when Chair Powell was in the news conference. And he was erroneously told the information that the stock market was up in reaction to the release of the, of the statement. And he was visibly agitated by that fact. I mean, that should be a clear enough signal to all investors right now that we have a hostile Federal Reserve, correct? I mean, when he, he in his response was very straightforward from that agitation, you know, I, I mean, how uh, how an investment community can can try to find bullish shards from that um, is is really difficult. I, I mean, I look at now into year end from now to year end, it's going to be a really tough equity market, I think, based on the fact that the Fed is going to be openly hostile to uh, equity market investors. Um, and this is something that we've kind of been dealing with for a while now. But I, I mean, I, I was just kind of taken aback by that. Steve, let me get your reaction. We've seen this for about four or five months now with the CPI prints and also the Fed meeting so that we see this run up in the stock market anticipatory that there might be an easing policy or easing verbiage from Jay Powell and the committee. And then it gets slammed and we see the market deteriorate. Are, are you seeing the same cycle from your perspective and, and, and what should we interpret from it? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen it month after month after month where the where the market tries to front run a pivot and then the pivot doesn't come. Uh, and um, I, I think, you know, I, I when 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 I look back over the last 10 plus years of, of economic and market history, one thing that should be have become abundantly clear to uh, market participants is that 
Um, while we may have been taught that markets are a forecasting mechanism and they forecast future you know, market economic conditions and this, uh, all this kind of stuff, uh, markets for the last 10 years have had zero forecasting ability whatsoever. All they do is react. They react to what the FOMC is doing and what's coming out of DC in terms of fiscal. And the bottom line is we're trying to front run something and then Powell comes in, gives the market a reality check and the market reacts to that as it has time and time again. So like it tries to, to, to front run things, but then is forced to react. Um, and, and I think we're going to continue to be in that reactionary market uh, for, the, for the foreseeable future, at, at least while we've got uh, a Fed that's behaving as aggressive as this one. And it's interesting, this particular Fed meeting on November 2nd was in a different cycle than we've seen in other months where the jobs report was two days after the Fed meeting rather than the opposite direction, which has happened a few months ago. So now, is there any inclination we think that the Fed knew some of the jobs data ahead of the, ahead of the uh, print? Uh, which they might, given that oh, they're Brian, government you're officials. But conspiracy theories here. <laughs> more, more just that I think they know the data that the jobs market continues to be strong. And we've said on this podcast, along with our articles, that the Fed's going to continue raising rates until one of things, one of two things breaks: either inflation or jobs. So, Steve, any additional thoughts as well as you, Regine? Yeah, there really wasn't anything in this report today that that's going to that's going to give the Fed pause to stop hiking. I, I mean, I think that every everything came in. Um, whether it was the, the numbers or the uh, average hourly earnings, all this kind of stuff, everything came in um, consistent with a continued bias on the Fed to, to, maintain, its, uh, to maintain its pace of tightening. Um, the only question continues to be, as Cindy alluded to at the beginning of the call, what is the adjustment, if anything, to the terminal rate? We haven't seen any terminal rate adjustments today, but um, clearly, you know, the, 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 the bias remains to the upside there. And, you know, I think as long as we see the terminal rate expectations move higher, what that tells you is it tells you the two-year yield is going to move higher. Two-year yields have been very highly correlated with the equity market returns over this cycle. And as long as two-year yields remain under pressure, it's going to be hard for equity markets to really find their footing. I mean, we can bounce and we can move around based on positioning in the market, but like in terms of the underlying fundamentals, as long as two-year yields have a bias to the upside, we remain in tough market conditions. I would agree with that. I think that um, you know the Fed signaling is pretty clear. I think that the unemployment report that came out just completely uh, you know keeps the Fed on track. If you look at uh, projections, uh, there's no. If you look at projections, there's no uh, Fed cuts until uh, pretty much the end of 2023 right now. So, you know, all these notions about the Fed, uh, you know, pausing. Maybe they'll pause. Maybe they'll stop for a while. But there's no cuts really uh, baked in right now. And I think the Fed is going to continue to look at the data. And they say they're data dependent. Uh, Fed Chair Powell's messaging is very clear. Uh, he does not want to see. Um, Yields start to come down. He doesn't want to see uh, this notion that the front end of the curve starts to uh, to lower in yield. Uh, I think that's uh, counterintuitive to what he's trying to do, uh, what the Fed's trying to do. And uh, I think the Fed just stays on that messaging. But the interesting thing will be now that uh, now that the uh, other Fed members are out of their um, blackout period where they can't talk or they can't speak to the press, it's going to be very interesting now starting next week when we see all these Fed members start to come to market and start to speak. 
And it's going to be interesting to see if their messaging is as clear as uh, Fed Chair Powell's is. And if it is, we're going to see more volatility and more uh, higher rates at that point. So it's interesting that we've talked in the past about whether we are or are not in a recession, two negative consecutive quarters of GDP. We got rid of that with the last quarter print in the third quarter. But then we also talk about whether or not the inverted yield curve is portending for that recessionary environment in 2023. Where are we in terms of that, Rajiv, in terms of the three-month tenure and the two-year tenure? Uh, the two-year tenure remains inverted, uh, very close to 60 basis points of an inversion there. Uh, it's remained consistently inverted. Uh, I believe we hit the first inversion back in March. And, uh, you know, a, a sustained inversion of the twos-tens curve uh, really, you know, has historically forecasted a recession to be in six to 12 months after that inversion. Uh, the Fed has pretty much, you know, said, okay, yeah, we do look at the twos and tens, but we really look at the three-month tenure. And that had been positively sloped for a very long time and started flattening a couple of months ago. And now we're inverted there as well by one basis point. So it's going to be very important to see the three-month tenure, if that remains inverted, which it is right now, if it remains inverted for a consistent period of time, let's say 10 business days is what they call a consistent period of time. If that happens, then, you know, once the three-month tenure inverts, uh, recession is more imminent than when the twos tens inverts. So we're talking three months to six months after that inversion. So I'm sure the Fed is looking at that, uh, the market's looking at that, and uh, that's where we are right now. Thanks, Rajiv. And back to you, Steve. Any closing thoughts for today's podcast? Yeah, I just I think what Rajiv said rings rings very true. And you know, when we look at the outlook for S and P 500 earnings between, uh, you know, as we move into a potential recessionary period. Uh, you're you're going to see bias to the downside in numbers. Nothing could could be taken uh, from the technology company earnings, the large cap, mega cap tech companies in the last couple of weeks um, that suggested otherwise. So yeah, I think we're going to continue to have volatile trading conditions between now and the end of the year. It's going to be an interesting time, Brian. Well, thanks for the robust conversation today, George, Steve, Rajiv, and Cindy. We appreciate your insights, and thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Key Wealth Matters podcast through your favorite podcast app. And as always, past performance is no guarantee of future results, and we know your financial situation is personal to you. So reach out to your relationship manager, portfolio strategist, or financial advisor for more information, and we'll catch up with you next week to see how the world and the markets have changed and provide those keys to help you achieve your financial success. The Key Wealth Matters podcast is produced by the Key Wealth Institute. The Key Wealth Institute is comprised of a collection of financial professionals representing key entities, including key private bank, key bank institutional advisors, key private client, and key investment services. Any opinions, projections, or recommendations contained herein are subject to change without notice and are not intended as individual investment advice. This material is presented for informational purposes only and should not be construed as individual tax or financial advice. Bank and trust products are provided by Key Bank National Association, member FDIC, and Equal Housing Lender. Key Private Bank and Key Bank Institutional Advisors are part of Key Bank. Investment products, brokerage, and investment advisory services are offered through Key Investment Services LLC or KISS, member of FINRA, SIPC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Insurance products are offered through Key Corp Insurance Agency USA, Incorporated, or KIA. KISS and KIA are affiliated with Key Bank. Investment and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, may lose value, not a deposit, not insured by any federal or state government agency. KeyBank and its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult their personal tax advisor before making any tax-related investment decisions. This content is copyrighted by KeyCorp 2022.